Welcome to Girl, Water Your Grass. talk about all the things to better yourself, your family, your career, your dreams, your goals, and your life, and how God's dreams over us are so much bigger than our own. We are just two girlfriends who grew up in the bluegrass state of Kentucky with five brothers each and have reunited to take our dreams to the next level. Now we're inviting you to get out of your own way, girlfriend, and come on this ride. Because on this journey of a lifetime, we never arrive. Welcome listeners to Girl Water Your Grass. We're so grateful you all are here with us today. And we have a very special guest and We're dear friend. So excited about this. We are so excited, and you all are in for a whole lot of goodness. So welcome, Miss Erin Vandevore, our dear friend and sister, fellow life coach and strategist with the woman's school, amongst one of many titles. She is a gift to us, and I know will, will be a gift to you all as well. Welcome. So we are here. So glad to have you. Yes. And today we are going to get into um, a topic that I think is beneficial for all of us at every point in our life, whether you're young, middle aged, mom, older, and that is really responsibility. And what is our responsibility and what is not our responsibility? Mm-hmm. And I think so many times we, we are control freaks <laughs> or we don't care enough. And so what is our role where, and I, I know I work with a lot of women whose children have become adults and learning where to loosen the leash and where to let go and where they're still feel like they're control freaks and need help with that. So, but I think it's at every stage of our life mm-hmm. wanting to control people. And I think that goes so much into our own agenda that we help for other people. Right. So Aaron told for people. <laughs> What'd you say? Those manuals that we have for people for their lives, the way it's supposed to go, that we end up controlling what is not ours to control. And we were having that conversation with Erin and she was sharing something that she explains with her clients. And we were like, this is brilliant. Our listeners need to experience this goodness from her directly. So Erin, talk to us. (laughs) (laughs) So, well, I, I like to think of it in terms of Um, I was thinking about this first in terms of relationships and how we often will kind of go towards uh, either control on one extreme or passivity on the other extreme. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that those are really the two extremes that kind of balance out uh, our tendencies. And in the middle, what we want to actually uh, strive for is responsibility, right? And really asking what is our responsibility here? And, um, and that's really carried me through um, just talking to clients and applies to so many other things besides just relationships between people. And because um, a lot of times we'll tend towards control, but we really need to learn how to relinquish control while still retaining that responsibility. Mm. Or if we tending towards passivity to kind of climb up the mountain and, and grab hold to responsibility. So when we're talking about responsibility, control, and all that, 
I know we were talking in a great example. Um, I love your analogy of how we wonder how we got here sometimes 20 years down the road to where sometimes men don't do a whole lot around the house and then we're mad about it. But I love when Aaron said, this is really how we start out our marriages. So tell us a little bit about that analogy that you have related to us. Yeah. I, I mean, I think this is, it's kind of a, the stereotypical, uh, how you kind of see, um, early, early relationships where, you know, the girl is like, oh, I want to, you know, have all of these things for the wedding. And, you know, she's planning the wedding and she wants all of this stuff. She's, you know, really controlling it in a sense of like every little detail she wants it her way. And the guy is kind of like, this is awesome. I don't have to do anything, you know? So I think women tend towards control, men tend towards passivity a lot of the time. And so, you know, he's like, this is so great. You can have everything that you want and you're happy and I don't have to do anything. Right. Uh, and, you know, fast forward two years. And, you know, I think that the, both of those extremes really build resentment mm -hmm. at the end of the day. And, um, you know, a couple years later, she's like, I mean, you, you literally do nothing. You don't even do anything. You don't take out the trash. You don't do anything. Right. And he's, and he's thinking like, I thought that's the way you wanted it. You know, I thought you wanted to control everything. I thought you wanted to do everything. I thought doing everything makes you happy. Right. And neither of those things really make us happy. What really is, you know, where humans are thriving is when we actually own our responsibility, first of all, um, and really have that clear boundary of what is our responsibility? Where does it begin and where does it end? Right. And kind of staying in that space, um, you know, which is a challenge, I think, for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. I think you know, really interesting, you know, it's interesting with that too, is it, it so much, it goes back to the garden, like in Genesis, you know, where Adam was to guard, you know, mm -hmm. the garden and the serpent got in, right. The enemy got in and some different scripture scholars have talked about that. You know, it, it came, Eve was trying to control like here, let me, you know, she's talking to the serpent and she's kind of controlling so much of the situation, but Adam was, was standing right there. Like they know from scripture references that Adam was there in a passive space, just as Eve was in a controlling space. And I think we see that playing out in relationships and the differences between men and women so much that the tendency to neglect our responsibility, whether no matter which or overstep our responsibility, you know, that those extremes on both sides is to the detriment of us. Yeah, I totally agree. You know, I think that's where we really have to be so intentional about all of these different situations of control in our life. Like where does it begin and where does it end? Because we do have to have control and the smaller our kids are obviously a three-year-old can't make their schedule. And, um, you know, a 17 year old might want to sleep till 11 AM every day. So what, where is it our, where do we begin and where do we end? And I think what really comes into play here is respecting the human person and respecting the gift of free will at the appropriate age. Mm -hmm. And this is such, um, you know, there's no rule book on how to raise children. Um, but it's such the leash, right? I think this is where we have to, as we grow with our families, loosen the leash through life. And then a lot of times, even girls that may, you may be single listening to this, you may struggle with control or with passivity because of a controlling parent or the lack of control in your life. So talk to me a little bit about respect as a human person and the gift of free will. Yeah. I mean, I think free will is huge. I think it's, I think it's such um, a misunderstood thing as far as like the daily life goes and how to treat people with 
um, respect to their own free will, right? Because a lot of times we will jump into other people's conclusions, into other people's thoughts, into other people's decisions. You know, anytime we kind of say, um, you know, that person thinks this about me, right? If we, you know, you get a text message, anything, like you get a text message and someone said, you know, says something and we immediately jump to conclusions. We're thinking other people's thoughts for them. We're making decisions for that. They must think I'm whatever, right? Any of that is really disrespecting their free will and allowing them to make the decisions and the thoughts and the choices and all of that for themselves. And it really shows a lack in us you know, that we're trying to grasp for something, um, mm. grasp for meaning, grasp for control. Um, and it, sometimes it makes us feel better to control the situation and fail on our own terms, right? Fail it on our own or, um, you know, degrade ourselves on our own terms yeah. than it does to allow the freedom of someone else possibly doing that to us, you know? Do you, you know, I think also, on that, do you find, I found this definitely with, with clients and even on myself for certain things where um, it's almost that we tend towards control, particularly with other people and their decisions and different things. We, we have this manual for them, right? Life Coach talks about how we will have manuals for people in our life. And it's this list of expectations of who they are, what they're thinking, how they need to be, all the stuff that is actually out of the bounds of our responsibility. Uh, but on top of that, that one of the reasons we can tend towards that is what we meet, make it mean about ourselves. You know, if that person chooses this, you know, I don't know, goes down this route with their job, for example, if we're, we're a mom and, you know, our child goes towards this other career choice that wasn't in our books for them <laughs> or whatever, that we make it mean, or if they make some choices, you know, for their life that we realize are not good, um, you know, maybe it's sinful lifestyle choices, or maybe it's, you know, whatever that we know is going to be there to their detriment, but we make it mean something bad about us, right? Like we take on more that is not our responsibility. Can you speak into that a little bit? Kind of what you've noticed working with clients and even for yourself. Mm-hmm. Another thing to that, to add before you answer that is a really great thing to think about here for the single girls is if it doesn't work out, if you have a breakup, what are you making that mean about you? that may or may not be true. So just to bring it all together for all of our listeners. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's, I think that having a manual or having those kind of expectations on anyone else tells us a lot about uh, our own ability or lack of ability to really see that boundary of where's our responsibility, Mm -hmm. right? Because, you know, especially in like uh, other people's choices, adult children, uh, adult friends, right? Like, where, where, how can we, what do we live their life for them? No. And we can't. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and how do we know what's best for someone else? Right. And so even just, even just, um, allowing that respect for, um, someone's freedom, mm. right. Which is what God does for us, you know? Um, and it's, and that doesn't mean that we, don't speak the truth. That doesn't mean we don't, you know, that we condone every action or anything like that. That doesn't mean we don't hold boundaries. Um, And I think that sometimes we think that if we're gonna, um, like we're either a control freak or we just like drop everything and surrender totally and have nothing to do with anything. And like, I don't think that either of those extremes are are right, but just really asking yourself, like, where does our responsibility begin and end? And what in, this situation, what in this relationship, um, 
what in this conversation or choice in front of me, where does my responsibility begin and where does it end? And where's that line? It's so good. It's just, go ahead. What would you say to someone who struggles to know, okay, well, I think this is my responsibility. You know, how would you say, because sometimes again, as there can be a tendency towards control for women, particularly, how do you walk with your clients, you know, in this balance of, okay, that, that actually isn't your responsibility versus, you know, that is, how do you help them to decipher that? Mm -hmm. I mean, I think by asking the questions and like going down to the very bottom of it. Um, for example, I was coaching this one client whose baby was refusing to nurse. Um, and she really wanted to nurse him and he wouldn't nurse. And, um, they ended up doing a bottle, which was exactly the thing she did not want. And it, of course it may like, that's so hard, right? It's like, you had this expectation, you know, these things of, you know, how, what's better and healthier and all of these things. And ultimately I was, you know, going down to this specific choice of whose decision is it to eat, Mm -hmm. right? Mm. and who's making the decision in this moment, you know? And she's like, it's, it's the baby actually. Like it is, isn't it? Right. Like when you go right down to it, it's his decision, um, for whatever reason. Right. And he's not going to nurse. So, and that's his choice. And then, and being okay with someone else's decision, um, in that, which is not easy. Like none of this is easy. Um, and none of it's easy to even see, but just kind of walking through, um, you know, at the end of the day, whose decision is it, uh, and going really specific to so like what, cause a lot of times we'll generalize a circumstance or we'll generalize a relationship or we'll generalize an event. Right. But going, give me a specific example and then we'll walk down to it. You know, something I've really learned with my coaching that is so applicable here is that we think we have the answers. And like you said, we don't necessarily know what's right for someone else. And maybe they will get to the answer that we may be able to see. Cause I think a lot of times from the outside in you can, some, and I think that's what's frustrating as mothers is they can see this relationship isn't going anywhere. Why are you dating that person? Or, you know, they can see so much. And sometimes it is true. You can see better from the outside than when you're in it. But we know that God doesn't always take us on a straight path. Sometimes it's a roundabout way and that people really do have to come to that on their own. And, you know, we had a great conversation with Aaron about this, that, you know, you have that aha moment and it sticks, it becomes your belief. But when someone shows up and tells you, oh, you don't need to be dating that guy. What is, what do most girls want to do? Date him forevermore. Right. Take out of the house. Right. Oh yeah. So, think about your teenage daughter. <laughs> you know, I think of myself when I was in high school, if like anyone, my mom told me not to do something. That was the first thing I wanted to do. I didn't even care what it was, even if I really agreed with her. Right. And it's just, yeah that human nature. Um, and really being able, I think that's our role as coaches is so awesome because, you know, we don't have to have all of the answers or give, give the advice or, you know, be right or wrong or stand on a hill about something. It's more of really drawing out from the client, like what is in them because who knows better, um, them like, right. About their own life or there, there's a, there's a choice in front of them to make. And it's just like, they, it's like, they know, they already know. And it's our job to kind of help remove those things that are blocking them to really have them discover for themselves, the answer that was always there to begin with. Right. Yes. It's gonna so much more than if we tell them. Right. Well, and I think also, you know, so much of what we do as coaching is, is helping women to see their minds. 
You know, we're helping them to see their own minds, their own thought process. God has put in so much in our hearts and in our minds. And for us to be able to realize, wait a second, how are my thoughts dictating my emotions, which dictate my actions and inactions, which dictate some of the results of my life? Well, what can I control? I can control my thoughts. I can't control what someone else is thinking. I can't control what else, you know, that that's not in my wheelhouse for my boundaries, but I can you know, I can choose specific thoughts that is either going to help me live in a space of freedom or a space of captivity. And it's amazing how much our thoughts, even of what other people are doing, right? We can, we can make so many assumptions about what well, they did that because they thought this, or they did that because we make a lot of heart assumptions about people when the reality is we don't know that. And mm-hmm. even if we did, even if it was a true thought, if that thought is not helping us to show up in a life-giving way, that thought doesn't need to be there. <laughs> There's a lot of other optional thoughts, you yeah. know. And, and you know what, Maria, too, that's, that's what I see so much with, um, with this and where, where we take so much energy, like mental energy mm-hmm. up, living outside of the bounds of our responsibility. Mm-hmm. So when we do that, it's just it's yeah. so much mental energy, so many assumptions, right? So, so many things that are may or may not even be true, um, about another person, about us, about, and we just waste a lot of time and energy. Um, and it's exhausting really living outside of that. Why why do we assume the worst? You know, I think that's something to really dig into as well is I think so many times we don't realize how the enemy sneaks in and we naturally assume the worst and we have this negativity wired into our subconscious. And as you really start to Think about what you're thinking about. And I know Maria does this so well, just to really, something she's, my kids have learned from her is that's just a thought. Like <laughs> it's going to rain today. Well, that's just a thought. Might not, you know, or whatever it may be. But it is so interesting to me how we tend towards negativity and we have to really, as he tells us, take those thoughts captive. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my favorite thing, quit talking to the dang snake. Um, so I always say that, but isn't it interesting how our thoughts and so many times I think issues we have with people are miscommunications or us projecting negativity on people when in fact they don't intend that at all. Yeah. And I think it's a, it's a, I think it's a defense mechanism, honestly, Hmm. like, right. Is it's, it's, I mean, that's where I think a lot of our self-sabotage comes from a lot of our, um, you know, it's better for me to fail myself than it is for an external circumstance that when I put myself out there in vulnerability mm-hmm. and then, you know, it doesn't work out and then I feel even worse, right? It's easier. It's better for me to be like, well, actually I changed my mind. I don't really care about that anyway. I'm just going to not do it. Right. That feels better. Yeah. So I think even going negative in our thoughts of um, worst case scenario, well, then it's like, well, then I'm not going to be so disappointed if it doesn't happen because I've prepared myself which is really the difference between a fixed mindset versus a growth mindset, you know, cause the fixed mindset is afraid to try new things because it's like, well, I could do that if I really want, you know, but there's a fear to even try because it's like, well, what if I do fail, you know, this way you just, there's kind of this internal safety net, um, but you don't get anywhere in life. You know, if you don't take this, what if your whole life, <laughs> And I think too, that's where the greatest stuff happens is where we step out into the unknown and that's where God can do his best work too. Hmm. You know, it's, um, it's not knowing that's, that's fear. It's a little, you have a little fear and it's scary, but it's so exciting. And it's just, it's a thrilling way to live truly. You know, you don't have to go looking for excitement, just step out into your, until your heart's desires. Right. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's wonderful. 
I just any other it. thoughts yeah. we have today? I and mean, we are so grateful for you. We could talk about this. I mean, we could dig into emotions. That's a whole other thing. I know there's so um, many things we could dig into with this. There are so many things. And I guess let's let's do touch one thing on emotions, how so much we live out of emotions and we think being angry or being sad or having negative emotions are a bad thing, but emotions really are not bad or good. They are emotions and it's important to process through those. And really how you change your life is not by changing your emotions, but rather digging deeper to the thought behind the emotion. So talk to me a little bit about the importance of emotions and processing that the good, the bad, and everything in between. I guess I would say, like, I think, oh, this is such a big topic. <laughs> I don't know. I know. It's <laughs> oh, a great I, topic, though. I mean, I think just even taking that first part of what you said and just really sitting in that um, is so important because I think a lot of people probably disagree with what you just said, right? Of just like, what do you mean? That's not bad. What do you mean? You know, but it is bad, right? And, and that, this is something that I often ask my clients about, you know, as adults, are we, you know, I want you to think about if there were any emotions in your family of origin, which were forbidden, like mm-hmm. which were not allowed. And I think that's a really good place actually for people to start. Um, Cause for some people it's interesting, like they weren't even they, not allowed to feel emotive in any kind of extreme. So not only just like sad or crying or crying wasn't allowed or anger wasn't allowed, for example, but even just like any kind of extreme emotion. So like being overly happy also wasn't allowed maybe in some homes. And so, and I think when we're thinking about emotions today, um, really recognizing where we as humanity has kind of come from Mm -hmm. and how much we are learning now about emotions and processing emotions and how new this is to our generation. Uh, and it's just something that we're just discovering. So it's exciting. Um, I think it's hard to, um, not feel like we have to like pass judgment or something on previous generations that were either like, you know, harder than us or, you know, didn't have, didn't have emotions or something like that, but it's like, it's not true. We just like how they process, how they understood those things were really, really different than, than now. So I just want to give God kind of that caveat, because I think the context of where we are as humans has changed a lot with mm-hmm. the science and, what and the neuroscience. The so neuroscience is just, I feel like we're on the tip of the iceberg with that. And that dives so deep into the brain and how it works. And just, um, and that's probably something for us to dig into in a later episode, but just, if you don't, feel your emotions. Now they are still in there. It is like putting a bandaid at some point it, and they will it, until you root out the infection, you may end up continuing to live out of the pain that you don't process. Mm-hmm. So digging and leaning into those emotions is a very important part in working through them. So we, we can get into that later, but it's really powerful when you realize how much we control we have over our own lives, just up in our heads, right? So our brain is so powerful. It is, I mean, there's all kinds of statistics, but neuroscience is so exciting. Here we are, nerd alert, neuroscientists. <laughs> but um, it really is. And, and we have so much power within ourselves and God made us that way, right? And he doesn't want us to live out of these negative emotions. So it's just so important to start to realize what is serving us and what is not. Yeah, so. and I, love, I love that. I, yeah, we, there's so much to talk about with emotions, but just even that, I love that you mentioned just that emotions were neutral and just starting to think about that, you know, that 
It's a good like, thought. And you, you know, another cool thought that, that I was really thinking this week, they're neutral, but in some way they are also like a genuine good because yeah. they also, even the motions that we might call quote unquote bad emotions or negative emotions, it is an alert to something right? It's an awareness about something that there's something that maybe it's unresolved, maybe that they literally can be data Mm -hmm. for us and a directive again, depending. That's why it is important to know how to process emotions. And we'll be doing a podcast on that later on down in the future. But you know, that, that awareness, that emotions, there is a neutrality, but I would even venture to take it to that one step further, that emotions are also a gift, even the ones that feel unpleasant, Mm -hmm. that there's an important paying attention. There's data in there. That's important. You know, I've, I was thinking about this too, Maria, after we were had, you know, talking about emotions um, a couple of weeks ago. And I was really thinking about how um, even negative emotions, even horrible emotions are um, I think a mercy from God Mm -hmm. because it's like, we as humans, and I'm thinking about this because I love time and time management. It's my jam. And I've been thinking so much about time and humans, us humans in relation to time and how with that relationship, we, um, we, time was made for us, you know, and like going through time and not everything happening right now, but like thinking about it over the course of time and having, you know, this, even a horrible experience, which we kind of can house this negative emotion within our bodies and take it through time to a place where we can process it. Like that's a mercy, you know, even if it's years later, it's like our body holds on to it. And I think that's actually a good thing because then when we ha- are in a place where we can actually release it and let it go, then we're free to do that. Yeah. I just, I just think it's amazing. Totally mind blowing. That's so amazing. And let me tell you all, I want all of our listeners to know that Erin is the time management extraordinary. She offers a course on time management. So DM us, reach out to us if you need help with routine, with time management, with all the things, and we will get you in touch with Erin. It will change your life. It's so true. Time management is the one thing that changes everything. So we're just so grateful for your time here today and helping these women and our listeners really learn how to pour into yourself and become the best version of ourselves. Cause we know when we water our grass, we really do level up and are so happy with our own lives instead of looking everywhere else. So we're so grateful for you being with us here today. And we look forward to having you back. Yes, awesome. you're amazing. We appreciate you. <laughs> Thanks ladies. Have a great week. Make your dreams.